Hey there, Alexander Wales. I see that you're Janet now. Yep, I get to have it both ways because we're recording across two different episodes. I know exactly what you're referencing, but in case some people haven't seen The Good Place yet, what's this Janet thing? In The Good Place, there's an all-knowing assistant that can do whatever you want called Janet. And uh, you can be like, Janet, bring me a smoothie and smoothie. Or how many, uh, I think the only thing she can't tell you is what's going on in hell. Um, Oh, okay. There was like, there was in the first few episodes, I think somebody asks about that. Um, Mm. But other than that, yeah, you can ask, you know, what was the circumference of, uh, why does my mind go straight to like, uh, uh, you know? Penises? Yes. And I was like, for some reason, I was trying to think of something else. And I just kept thinking like Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. I'm like, no, a different body part. And I couldn't think of one. So. <laughs> oh, well. Well, what, what can I say? It's not like it's the end of the world. It is not. Let's jump right into the end of the world then. Let's do it. I love the way it starts. The first sentence is the world didn't end the same way for everyone, which is just the most fucking epic first sentence ever. If that was the start of a story of a book, you couldn't not keep reading. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, well, the book, the book with the book example, this, uh, what's fun is it's like, um, there's a word for anticipation building. I can't think of what it is, but it's also ominous because mm. most times someone talks about the end of the world. It's not good news, right? Yeah. And even though I know this is in a good context, it still feels like, oh, okay, the world is ending. So yeah. uh, this one ends with a government bureaucrat in a suit showing up at a farmer's house. That's right. And uh, he asks, everyone gets one of you? And she says yes. And it means everybody in existence gets their own Janet, which is fucking awesome. And they're and all both getting of us them. Said it pretty- oh, yeah. Sorry. Good. We were just both stoked that it was clearly like Janet from The Good Place. Yeah. And... Uh, Everybody is getting them within like the same 10 minute window, everybody on Arab. And mm-hmm. uh, we saw at least one crowded place where the Janets showed up and everyone kind of just got teleported out to talk in private. Mm-hmm. So pretty, you know, but maybe we'll kind of revisit the vibe or we can save it to the end. But as far as the end of the world goes, this is one of the more gentle rollouts I could think of, you know? Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, short of, of dragging out the suffering um, yeah. or just slamming everyone into, into utopia. This is like. Okay, let's get you up to speed real fast, and I won't even make you smarter to explain it faster, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. The way that- if, I think it was a, the way a very smart and compassionate person would rule out this sort of thing. It beats anything I could have ever thought of. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, like the, you know, scarcity, pain, yada, yada, all that's fine. Or rather, all that's like something I could have thought of. But the idea of getting a liaison out to explain it to everybody was really cool. Yeah. And it's somebody who's, you know, supernaturally equipped to talk with everybody. And so uh, Janet can explain to this farmer in terms he'll understand, like, what this all means. He's just like, what, you're saying the crop is worthless, the land, the tractor? And she says, if it helps to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, you can imagine that some entad has just been created, which allows anyone to instantly have all the milk leaves they want in whatever form they want from anywhere in the world with only a thought and at no cost. Except this also applies to everything else. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so, like, he's like, she's, you know, basically, yeah, the thing that you, I mean, this is a, this is the trade-off, right? Because um, this guy's a, whatever, seems like a solo farmer. It's been his thing forever. And yeah. I love how this is a great way to explain the humanity wins scenario to a random person on the street. Which, yeah. Which is like, no one will want for anything, including the fruits of your labor, so you can stop working. On the plus side, you also won't want, won't want for anything, uh, so you don't need the money that you would have. But whatever, you don't need the money that you would have made from selling your product or your whatever your time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's can- that's how I'd pitch it to somebody. The downside is, of course, if you like working because it makes you feel good, then well, you're going to just be <laughs> sisyphusing a rock up a hill, you know? Yeah, you got to find other ways to feel good, or you can go to one of the lower heavens. We later find out where there will be scarcity and people do have to work. I'm eager to dive into that and get some explanation from you as to what your thoughts are on that. Sure. Uh, but before we do that, we're still talking to the farmer here. And Janet says, yeah, you engaged in hard labor with some di- diligence. And not only is there no particular reward for that labor, diligence, or your upstanding moral character, there is no punishment for anyone else. And I'd like stop to think about that for just a minute because it seems to me that having a fulfilling life without deprivation is the reward for, you know, diligence labor and upstanding moral character and uh he got many decades of that and having a shit life is the punishment for people who don't do those things and i mean i know it doesn't always work out exactly that way but 
it did in his case. And that was a pretty decent reward, I think. Like, there doesn't need to be extra punishment or reward on top of that, does there? Doesn't seem to me there needs to be. No, I don't think there needs to be either. But I think that you you hit the point on the head is that, like, everybody from whatever, the puppy-kicking, mustache-twirling asshole to you, a humble and uh, honorable farmer, like, you're all going to get the same reward here, which is, you know, an eternity in uh, whatever paradise you want. Mm. So I think it's like, yeah, no one, you know, the, the people who did a, who lived a good life, they're getting the exact same reward as people who lived a shit life. I mean, that's that's phrasing this in terms of, like, a reward that you get for doing something. And I just think that's wrong that's just like the new nature of reality the reward that you got was having a good life up until this point i agree um i think that uh this is just how she's explaining it to you know well i guess i i forget the sentence right before what why she's explaining it this way because that's how you'd explain it here on earth because people have this idea of you know eternal reward already right for good people but on, oh, but on air, i guess if you're talking to like yeah, I guess if we're talking to like a Christian or something, then they might expect something like that. Exactly. They'd be like, well, I get the good heaven, right? Um, yeah, I see. But yeah, so, you know, uh, here on Earth, where some people have have ideas of, of various rewards in afterlife, I think that makes more sense. But I can't remember the context of why she brought it up on air, where everybody gets the same heck, no matter what you what you do in life, you know? Huh. I wonder if I wonder if that's just because I've been so out of religion for so long that it didn't occur to me to to think of her needing to talk to religious people in that way. But he's not religious. We know that because there aren't really religions, I think. Yeah. They I don't seem to be anyway. Yeah, Because there aren't any gods worth worshipping for the most part, and everybody goes to hell. Right, unless he wants to worship Aquaman, which doesn't sound like he really gives a fuck about anybody. So Yeah. Um, well, anyways, uh, Janet is cleaning things, and she is telling the farmer that we can alter reality in accordance with our values. Those values are chiefly happiness, freedom, and informed consent. And I just thought that that seems really good. It lines up with my values, uh, at least at first blush. I don't know. I don't think they're missing anything major. Do you think they're missing anything major? No, I like it. I mean, it's, you know, it's clear that he thought about this for a while beforehand. And then, uh, you know, no doubt once time was stopped, he had all the time in the world to think about it. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, he could probably make himself as smart as he needed to be to think of the best solution he could think of, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, it's... uh, it, it like you know how um what's the uh the one of the ponies um friendship is optimal right you know how that doesn't have any of these like uh yes <laughs> so it's it's well, they, they want it, has, to... it has happiness yes yeah which is i think it <laughs> so <laughs> this feels a lot better than that i think that, that those are are two awesome ingredients right yeah i wasn't this is well i guess it was happiness but it was a uh, friendship and ponies right no i want to make you happy with friendship and ponies okay got it yeah yeah, yeah. it's been a while yeah and same here but i think that was the the phrasing um i think uh and i, I just came because i was curious why she was saying something about reward and punishment and he was thinking about uh the same thing that he kind of responded to which was that like he worked hard you know on all this stuff and all the work he'd ever done was wasted um mm. and i think that he's just thinking kind of and she says it's okay to be sad during the transition um you know because you're right it's not wasted uh but i think he just kind of feels like well then why was i working so hard like right you know if i'd known that especially that this was going to come today i wouldn't have been busting my ass for last week you know (laughs) right could have probably just cruised on his savings for uh i don't know a year or two as everything ran down and he spent down everything he'd saved up it's not clear how you know equipped for retirement the farmer is but yeah you know it's at the very least he could have let his house fall apart and stuff right yeah yeah well small small price to pay yeah, really not a big deal. I I love. I mean, are you really going to bank on some all-powerful god taking over the world next week? I know, right? I guess not. Uh, so there was a great uh, man. Some of these, uh, I think it's the one where, I can't remember who she's talking to. It jumps around a lot and it might still be the farmer. But uh, I think it's that after she heals him, makes his body better. And he's like, wait, I've got an aunt in the hospital. And she just says, nope, someone from tr- transition services will be meeting with her too. And no one's going to live with any pain or illness anymore unless they choose it. Yeah. And uh, that sounds like, you know, sounds like a win to me. Yeah. It's, it was good to read. Just made you feel good, right? Yeah. We're getting the happy ending too. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so I'm skipping ahead here to the, um, the person with the university teacher, I guess. Basically. Oh yeah. The, the skeptical dwarf. I liked him. 
Yeah. I, I want to just briefly touch on the other two. One was, uh, um, oh man. So it was like a guy living in abject poverty and it was after mm-hmm. some traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. And she is able to articulate to him, do you want me to make it better? And he nods and it says, it felt like a veil being lifted from his mind, like waking up from a long slumber. He was suddenly alert, able to focus on the woman and the strangeness of her bringing him to this place. Things were clicking into place, memories sharpening, and he began to weep with joy. Hmm. So she had it awesome. Or yeah, he had it awesome. The next one, as soon as she understands what's up. Oh, sorry. God, that is just fucking, especially the being able to heal the brain stuff is amazing because body healing is easy to imagine but that is just it's so big yeah no low you know uh what i'm trying to say um that that definitely brought tears to my eyes reading it was garrett was the person with the brain injury that was healed like mm-hmm. just the the transformation and then you know because you don't know when your brain's broken like what you're missing out on and then mm, i you, you might you might have some idea but you don't you can't fully grasp it Right. I mean, I knew I knew when I was recovering from the surgery and I had that like just intense brain fog and inability to think, well, I knew that I was dumber than before. Valid, I guess, to pass a certain threshold. It seems like this guy, yeah. um, you know, he, he was alert with italicies like, you know, he for the first time was like able to actually focus his brain for in however, however long. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a it was a radical transformation. Um, yeah. The next one was uh, this woman, and once she understands what's happening, she's just like, bring my son back. And she's like, we need to do an analysis, you know, bringing people from the dead is a whole thing. We need to talk to, like, friends and family. And then, like, it sounds like it's going to take forever. And she's like, no, Mm -hmm. it'll be like three hours. And she's like, what? Oh, then that's fine. I don't want to live in the part between then. And then, boom, (laughs) she's just there. Yeah. Um, So, it's, uh, that was also, I don't even have kids. That one hit me right in the the emotionals. So, Mm mm-hmm. Especially when you're like, yeah, this is going to take some time. And it, it just sounds like it's going to be who knows how many years. And and she's like, three hours? That Do it now, you know? Take right. me to that time. Yeah, like, I'm Three hours is nothing. Hours. I can wait three more fucking hours. So let's see. I can either watch, you know, The Fellowship of the Ring or you can just let, like <laughs> right. skip this for me, right? Yeah. I'll press the time skip button, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, thanks uh, for bearing with me. Let's, let's jump to the uh, the. I love the skeptical dwarf. He was a nice, like, kind of uh, what do I want to call it? Not a, not a wet blanket exactly, but like we're all on like the hype train of like, oh yeah, everybody's winning all the time. And he's like, but what's the catch? Hold on. Yeah, you know, he's the sanity check. He is. He's the Alexander Whale saying, "No, guys, I really did think through all this. I know there's issues with it, but uh, <laughs> and let me address those directly right now because it's you know it's not it's not perfect, perfect. And this is what someone is going to bring up, and I'm just gonna hit it right now. Uh, but yeah, one of one of the things that happens is that all his students wink out, and it's God, it's revealed that uh, old Arab is just going to continue like it is." But continue like it is, is in massive scare quotes, because most of the people are going to be taken off to the heavens. Uh, so they predict like 80% of the students will be gone uh, by the end of the, the day or something. And I'm assuming that's just going to keep increasing the amount of people leaving Arab over some time. And that would radically change Arab if suddenly 80% of the population is gone. So they're going to have uh, the thespians act like the people that used to be there. And I'm like, that's... That's not, I mean, this is, I I know this is the end of the world, but it it seems like a cruel joke to say like, oh no, old Arab will still be here because it'll be, you know, this world that it's full of fake people and and all the real people are gone. That's not, I don't think that's preserving Arab, but it's kind of a joke to say that old Arab is still here. It is being completely depopulated and I, I think you know, on net, that's good. People are going to places that they're happier and that are better. But I think the the conceit uh, that old Arab is being kept around is just not at all true. Yeah, to take it at like face level, where like Arab is a place that exists. You know, let, let's let's take off the this is a story thing for a second, <laughs> and like so, yeah, sure. The the rock, you know, the ground is still there. That's yeah. So sure, yeah, Arab is there, but. Arab isn't the isn't the ground and and water here. It's the it's the people. It's the it's the it's the everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so sure, like we're keeping the place, but everything else is different. Um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, 
I what, what I like about this though too is um, the the Janets have that imperative towards honesty. Yes, and you know if, if they ask, well, what about this? And like, well, yeah, I, I can't lie to you. I'll, I'll be straight up. Yeah, it's going to be they're fake people running around. Um, mm-hmm. It's not clear why anyone would want to stay. I guess what you could ask is like, all right, uh, kind of like a Zypher in the Matrix. Like, all right, put me back in, but erase this conversation from from my memory. Right. But I guess. I mean, I'd want to put like a timer on that. And I imagine the Janet says something like that set up because maybe after a century, you want to have this conversation again, right? Oh, make sure you're still on board with all that. Make sure you're still happy. Make sure you haven't changed your mind. Something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I guess maybe they would say, sure. But, you know, would you like us to put something in your brain to make sure that like you're actually happy? And if you're not happy, we'll come back and, you know, revisit this. I mean, I can just see someone waking up after a century and finding out that like, you know, there's there's only a few thousand real people left on Arab. Over the past hundred years, you have interacted with one of them on one occasion for a few minutes. <laughs> Everything else has been fake. You want to keep doing this thing? It's like, no. Why would I? There was a. I was going to think of a. It's going to make up a crappy movie, but it wasn't actually worth. It was the free guy that one of Ryan Reynolds, where he's like a video game character. Oh yeah, I, I think I saw most of that like on a plane or something. I was semi distracted, but I saw saw it out of the side of my eye. It was very forgettable. It wasn't actually that good of a movie. Like. There were some funny bits and I, I just hate like, I don't know, really lazy computer thinking stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. like there, it made me think of that. Like there, he, he basically becomes a, a PC in an NPC populated place. And okay. so I imagine, you know, like unless the thespians are acting like player characters that like the people running around just like being the next Uther Pendrags, those are the, those are the two, um, you know, player characters and the, the thespians are all just like their admirers and companions and whatnot, right? I think the thespians are specifically um, tasked with being exactly like the people were before so that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Right. But I guess if you're different and then somebody else is like also not a thespian, they might be like, all right, I want to be like super, super powerful. I want to do all this crazy, cool shit. Um, whereas the thespians would be just like the people that they're replacing, you know, who didn't yeah, have ambitions yeah. to be Uther Pendrag. Right. Huh, I wonder if the Janets would give him that power. I guess, I mean, they can have anything they want, so probably. And like, the Thespians wouldn't really have any motivation to grab everything, right? Or would they try to roleplay people as if they were, yeah, I don't know. I think you're one step ahead of me, and yeah, I think that they would roleplay people like, alright, so I'm, you know, I'm the Thespian playing Steven. Steven would want to be Uther Pendrag if he were still here, but he fucked off to the heavens, so he's gonna, I'm gonna pretend to be Uther Pendrag too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Just what's the point? Well, I think that it makes Arab a fun place to visit, but, you know, not a place I'd, like, want to live. Yeah, it's like a theme park. Exactly. Next one. Oh, I like this one. What is this person's <laughs> name? Clara. Clara's yeah. got the, the good outlook on this. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where, so, she's, like, just chilling on the beach. And yeah. later on, she'd call her parents and talk to her friends. But for the time being, she was with her assistant, no, strike that, companion, and just chill out. And then she says, I don't know. Anyone could hate this side. Clara. Yeah. People suck butts said Janet. Um, <laughs> nice. Her name is her name is Trish, but I call her Janet. And yeah, yeah Clara's dude as fuck. Um, there's and, and her little segment ends with, I think Janet trying to explain to oh, no, wait, Clara opens. She says, uh, so if you can do something instantly, you should do it instantly said Clara. And then Janet says, but then you're not doing the work. Oh no. Oh, I forget who's talking. I'm ruining this. Yeah. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. A lot of the work is going to be helping people understand things. There are a lot of real obstinate people who hate change and progress and taking it easy. And (laughs) Clara says, shame. Janet says, shame. And then my comment was, shame. (laughs) (laughs) Shame, nodded Stephen. Yep. (laughs) It was really cool. They just, uh, like, the, the idea of, you know, well, people like hard work and they like, you know, the stress and all this and that. And yeah, some people are, are weird. And Claire's like, well, that's, that sucks for them. I'm going to enjoy my beach and my infinite cocktails. And Janet's like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally feel called out by this. You know, I, I was going to, I think I can't remember if I called you any of my notes at all on this, but some of these, yeah. Cause I mean, the, the, the need to be productive is completely gone. Yeah. And, and at that point, why am I still living? It's weird. Cause I, I, I thrive on doing stuff. Like not, mm-hmm. I don't like being overloaded, but I, I don't like a lot of, as it turns out, I don't like a lot of downtime. Um, and so, you know, especially like, I don't know, I don't know. Like I took off three weeks of vacation 
I don't know, last year, um, uh, between jobs. Okay. And I don't think I slept in once. Like I didn't, I didn't lay around to take psychedelics once. I, I like worked on my car and I cleaned the house and, you know, just nice. stayed busy. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's nice, but like, that's not what a vacation is supposed to be about. I didn't, uh, Clara would have, of shaken her head in shame at me, you know? Yeah. But you know, <laughs> Claire is not living an ideal existence. Well, I think also she doesn't have to, you know, her car won't fall apart and, you know, her house doesn't get dusty, et cetera. So there's yeah, a but difference. She also won't have the satisfaction of being productive and doing things. I don't know. I'd like to think I could be happy not being productive because I would like to live to an age where productivity doesn't come into play anymore. Yeah, but there'll always be something to do, even if you don't have to be productive. Exactly. So, you know, like I could play new hard video games, right? Um like I actually did do that one vacation years ago. I took off like I think with three days off for Thanksgiving week, and I took off the two days before that, so I had a nine day vacation with the two weekends on either side of it. And uh, I think I played God of War for like forty five hours that week. Holy shit! It was my first time playing it through, and I just played the hell out of it. Nice. So I made that my full time job for a week. That was that was cool. That was a good way to spend a vacation week. Yeah. Well, uh, I also <laughs> pulled a thing out of that whole Clara, Clara and Trish thing. Uh, when Claire says, I don't see how anyone could hate this. And Trish answers, actually, you quoted her answer. So yeah, it was good. Um, but she, in the middle of her answer to Claire, she says, a lot of people obsess, just absolutely obsess about what's real and what's not. And do you know why? And then like, she doesn't answer at all. She completely drops it. And I mean, that's fine because it wasn't relevant to the answer she gave, uh, Clara at all. But I'm just, why did she bring that up if she wasn't going to answer it or discuss it at all it seemed strange maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of maybe she's trying to trick claire into thinking that she addressed it because she knows that's nagging at claire's subconscious and this way it's addressed and claire can relax and enjoy the afterlife and she doesn't have to actually answer something that doesn't have an answer i would be inclined to agree with you except for this is the good ending where they're being honest and so i don't think that there's trickery involved i think what she's saying is that like mm-hmm. um the uh so she kind of goes on to say that um uh she goes on to talk about scarcity and doing work which is not related well like what's real and what's not i guess like you know you could keep going to work but you know because you like the the vibe of it but if you knew it didn't matter and it wasn't real you might be like well come on this this isn't i'm not getting value out of this right sure so in that way like what's real weighs in on um whether or not someone would like this right yeah, but like when we were talking just a little bit earlier about whether the f- fake people that have been replaced with despians are really them, uh, I don't think there's any doubt to either of us that they're not. They're not really those people, and you're not really interacting with interacting with um, those people. So that's like the real sort of what's real and what's not that I might think that she would address as people obsessing over, but she doesn't touch that at all. That's a good point. The real people matter. Maybe, you know... I think it's not necessarily a trick, but I think this is meeting Clara where she's at. Like she's, she's just thinking like, I don't get why people don't like this. And she's like, people aren't like you. They have like these weird obsessions about like what's real and stuff. Um, whereas you're fine just hanging out on a beach, you know, relaxing. Um, you don't care if the sand is real or not. Right. Um, maybe it's that. I I guess I think they can still be not completely. I mean, she never said anything that isn't true. She just said one thing and then pivoted to something else. And maybe Claire will think that it was addressed. So it's still, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would count that as lying. It is, it's definitely sort of a psychological trick, but maybe those are okay. They, I mean, they trick, they trick people into agreeing things that are good for them <laughs> as we will read later. And as we saw earlier with the, the guy with the brain injury. So um, they're obviously not against using manipulation to do what they think is good. And what I think we agree is good. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm kind of just rereading this little segment because it's pretty small. Um, she says, you know, people obsess over what's real. Do you know why? And Clara says, because they suck butts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, part of them is that they suck butts. The other thing is that uh, people hate change. And maybe that's part of what she's talking about. You know, it's like even change from real to not real is some, something that some people hate. But you're right. That feels like a different point. And I would have at least addressed that differently. But Clara's got, you know, a long time to sit and and think and talk about it. So, yeah, she's got her coconut with the the drink in it and she's happy. ABC. They always be coconutting. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. It was when uh, Amy and Jake went on 
honeymoon in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, this B wants a C in her A. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That was so good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's continue on, and people can just either get the joke or not. That's right. So um, we are. Oh, who else got a happy ending? Enosh. Doris Finch. Doris Finch never gets to see another Doris Finch again. <laughs> that's awesome. So I guess even after years of cooperation, you know, she's still, I, I, I think that's fair. I'm still sick of seeing mainly just herself. You know? I, yeah, absolutely. Especially since he, she can't leave the zone that only has Doris Finches in it. Exactly. I mean, so other people probably have come and visited since things have chilled out over the last few years in the Doris Finch exclusion zone. But It's true, yeah. But most, most yeah, Dorises we don't get to hang out with non-Dorises. So. Yep. I mean, that'd, that that'd be like if your only food is, you know, whatever oatmeal right i was gonna say chocolate but chocolate would mean that doris finch is cool to hang out with um <laughs> so it's like all right cool this is perfectly sustainable but like once now that i get to have a buffet of all everything i want i'm never touching oatmeal ever again right yeah yeah yep. <laughs> yeah so that was cool uh randall vox asks what the fuck do you mean he's not going to be punished and that's that's all i'm really going to quote out of that one but it hit that kind of hit me hard because i kind of also would want retribution against people who did really evil things in my heaven. And like, honestly, I guess if you can make the murderers not be murderers anymore and be good people instead, you should do that. But also if you fix the murderers that way, you make their brains good. So they aren't horrible people anymore. Like, why can't you also fix the victim's brains so that they don't have this seething resentment and needing for vengeance against people who don't exist anymore because they've been changed into not being the horrible people that they were. Like, it seems again, I I know that they got this thing against modification without people's express permission, but they, it seems kind of cruel not to, not to ease the pain of seeing, you know, the Jeffrey Dahmer dude that killed and ate your son, not being punished for it. Yeah. They, they come up with a, an interesting solution for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because, you know, ideally, I agree, you know, it's about reform and harm reduction, not retribution. I think that should be yeah. the, the point of prison now, you know, like it, yeah, there's, there's no sense in, uh, you know, hitting the dog if it pees on the carpet, because it's a bad dog. No, you just you, you want to do what you can to train it not to do that. Right? Yeah, you don't hit it because it's it's bad and made poor moral judgments. Um, anyway, so he says, Well, what about me? And he says, do you know, it's like sitting here knowing that he gets his heaven too. She's mm-hmm. like, well, we can help you work on yourself. We can help you take your rage on rage and frustration. If you'd like, you can. We can bring in a thespian for you to beat, torture, or murder. Um, <laughs> that is not what I thought that he would be offered or consider taking. Right? It's kind of fucked up. I think so. I I think the first thing they should have offered is like we can make it so that you aren't so tormented by this. That that's what I thought too. Uh, you know, hey, how about we just like make you less vengeful? But then you're the kind of person that's like. Okay, I'm not capable of forgiving this person for whatever he did. Let's imagine the worst possible things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not capable of forgiving him. Do I want to become the kind of person who is capable of forgiving him and just not worrying about it? I feel like I might be a totally different person, right? Maybe? Yeah, but also the person that you hate has basically been replaced with a new person who isn't that evil person anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, his, I mean, his his heaven won't involve him being able to do whatever terrible shit he was doing in his life, right? Yeah. Um, I guess... I don't know. Part of me, I, I think, you know, like the idea of beating up a, a dummy, you know, Westworlding on this guy until you, until you got tired of it. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that, uh, the, I mean, certainly I don't, I don't think it would work if the person just, if you knew it was a dummy the whole time. Right. Yeah. So you'd be like, all right, put me in a situation where I think it's actually him. And then when he's dead, tell me that, you know, uh, it wasn't. And I can ask, I can go again if I feel like it. Right. Um, yeah. but I don't know. I, I just, it feels like June's taking this lesson from when Amaryllis was a rage monster after she got mm. that affliction. Mm-hmm. It's like, sometimes you just need to, you know, punch your anger out. I don't know. I think if it were me, I would like to think that I could ask Janet rather than like, just flip a switch in me. Like, how about you just like ease me into being the kind of person who would forgive this evil person? Like over yeah. the course of a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that way it can be gradual. I can press a button to, or, you know, raise my hand to stop for a second. I feel like I'm changing too quickly, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guess too, you know, I talked to whoever he wronged. Um, you know, it's not clear. Uh, I can't remember the details. 
I don't think it, we don't. We definitely don't get details of what this bad guy did, but um, yeah, I can't remember if he harmed somebody else or if he harmed uh, Randall Vox. But like, I don't think it's said. Okay, well, if you harmed me, then yeah, make me the kind of person who can get over it. If you harmed somebody else, I want to talk to them. You know, mm. they get their mm-hmm. justice, and I I'll just feel better when they've had their peace, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that that would be, that'd be my solution. Yeah, I think I think this isn't ideal. Maybe. Certainly not for Randall Vox, but I do think it's a small price to pay for like a literal utopia for almost everybody, everyone who's not Randall Vox and some other people like him. I, so definitely worth it on that. Yeah, there's a couple other little beats that are along the same vein, but uh, I there's another. Um, this is a good intuition pump on to run, run past you. So Randall says that he could have a, a what a doll of me that would scream and whimper as he killed it. And Janet says, we do our best to balance competing interests. There are image, you know, there's image and privacy rights, whatever. But basically uh, it's saying that the the bar is fairly high. We'd allow you to do it um, with a, uh, with a, whatever, a thespian of Joyce, I guess is the person that wronged him, but we wouldn't offer the reverse for him. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that's good. Um, You know, if they're going to offer it at all, it should only be one way. Like, we will let people who need to work out whatever revenge impulses that are rightfully justified. We'll let them work them out violently, but we won't let like whoever wants to Westworld on somebody, just let them do that. Okay. Don't want to encourage sadism. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, you know, so th- this comes up because like, I think you can make your, um, your thespian look like whatever, whoever you want. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, somebody wants to bang hers, uh, which, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how it didn't, you know, I wasn't surprised by it, but I'm surprised I didn't think of like writing it down first. Because of course, someone's be like, "Oh, so we can fuck?" And it's like you don't want to learn more about the end of the world, and it's like, "No, let's fuck." Um, I was literally the first thing I thought of when when Janet revealed that she's Janet to the farmer dude. <laughs> right, you can tell me about this right after the the, the clean, you know, uh, whatever calm calmness that comes over you with you know post orgasm. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't know. So, what, what do you think, like? There's, I, f- I forget where this came up, but it was some sort of like thought experiment or something with like VR of, you know, simulating celebrities or, you know, coworkers or whatever, you know, classmates, ex-girlfriends or something um, with mm-hmm. a VR, whatever, uh, sex bot partner or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's legitimate, you know, not quite privacy, but uh, dignity is a really squishy subject, but I don't know. I think it, I think it, I think it'd be okay to consider restrictions on who can like make a robot that looks like whoever and have sex with it, right? I mean, personally, I don't understand it. I don't see why there should be any of those restrictions, but enough people seem to think that it's a violation of privacy that I'd be like, okay, sure. I mean, for the interests of world peace, I'm I'm <laughs> fine with there being restrictions on privacy like that or restrictions on who you can make in VR like that. I guess you know it because I, I I understand where you're coming from. There's no harm, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if no one tells me, you know, that someone mm-hmm. made a whatever sex robot of me or something. But what if it like wasn't a sex robot? They wanted to torture and kill it. Like again, there's still again? there's still literally no harm. But like I just don't like yeah. the idea of someone out there carrying out their fantasy of torturing me to death over and over. You know that 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 just I, I mean I could. If I thought that that would increase the risk of them actually torturing and murdering me, then I would be worried. But if that wasn't the case, then I wouldn't be. And if it reduced the chances of them torturing and murdering me, then I would be, you know, actively encouraging (laughs) that sort of thing. You know, if I had to pick between them, you know, having or if it was a reduced chance of murdering me, sure. But if it was just a chance of them not doing it versus doing it, I don't know. I feel like it's just something about the character of the person and the society that would let that happen. But, you know, it's not a utilitarian. That would let someone play a game? Well, a game like that, you know, I think we've talked about this before, like Westworld, you know, if if, if Wyoming was Westworld and you could just go there and do whatever you wanted guilt-free because they're not sapient, but they do scream in pain and, you know, they bleed or whatever. Uh, they yeah. try to shield their, kil- their, their children. Like, you know, I think you'd be a bad person to go there. I agree. And but so, I, but I guess there's a difference the- between like saying that person's a bad person and legislating morality. Yeah. Okay. It reminds me very much of um, the things that I heard when people were trying to make it so that I couldn't play Mortal Kombat as a kid. <laughs> I I've heard those arguments. I I understand. And yeah, Mortal Kombat was the uh, 
um, historical kickoff example, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and you know, Mortal Kombat, I thought was just particularly ridiculous because it's kind of almost cartoonish. The, the more advanced modern day Mortal Kombat that is ultra realistic actually makes me go like, Oh God, I literally don't want to play that game. And there were some other games uh, at the time, even that kind of were, uh, God, what was the one where, Oh, I don't remember, but there was, there were some games where like, Nope, not playing that. That's just, that's too, too close to reality. And I don't want to experience that. But again, I don't think it should be illegal. Yeah. I, I can't think of a good reason to make it illegal either. Like I said, I think it just gives me weird feelings about the, um, the, the virtue well, of that society, but that, that's not a, as far as I can tell, that's not a good reason to stop somebody from doing something. So, yeah, I could think of a good reason to make it illegal. Uh, if it actually made society worse, if it encouraged bad impulses and increased the risk of that sort of thing happening. Totally. I, I think that for the least convenient possible world, we, we can just say, no, no, people who, whatever, murder prostitutes in Grand Theft Auto are much less likely to do it in real life, you know, than they otherwise would be. Um, And it's like, okay, well, then in that case, do we have to say that, like, allowing this this terrible thing that we don't approve of is okay? Uh, I'd have to say everyone should say yes, because we're talking about torturing fake people versus real people, you know? And honestly, you can have, like, social approbation. Is that the word? Um, Something that is looked down upon and should be hidden because it's shameful. I think so. uh, Without it actually being illegal, right? Like there's a lot of things that are are shameful and you don't want people to know you do maybe um, that uh, that aren't illegal to do. And I think that a society could be a good society if they were like this sort of thing is very distasteful and people shouldn't do it. And if they do do it, they certainly shouldn't say it out loud, uh, but we're not going to make laws against it. I think that's a I think that's a perfect solution because I am thinking about like the societal level, you know, the the culture that would allow this. And it's different to say that the culture permits it legally versus like the culture condones it yeah you know okay cool solid i like that thank you oh yeah um yeah and then then we see that yes of course the janets will do whatever you want including uh, having sex with you and at this point i have predicted that all teenagers will disappear for about four years at the onset of puberty <laughs> and then we will see them again once they're all wrung out you think that they're gonna go through regular puberty like the slow awkward you know takes years oh that's a good question um like, you can just make me Chris Hemsworth. That's fine. I don't want to wait four years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, assuming that human psychology can adapt to those changes faster than uh, than what is biologically possible, then yeah, maybe. Oh, and then, of course, there's the fun question of, like, can a child make informed consent? Uh, <laughs> we are about to get that, too. Yeah. All right. So it is the very next thing, in fact. Yeah. Well, this is this is babies, which is a little different. And I like this a lot. So it's talking to another person. And uh, Janet says, we will not allow children to be born into these conditions unless we believe, on balance, that it's a good thing for both parents and children. And Mark says, all right, so you'll take children away. You'll take them or you'll take them away if, if their parents, you'll take them away from their parents if, in your judgment, they'd be better off apart. It's just mm-hmm. chill around down, ran down his spine. And mm-hmm. I like this a lot. And like you said, it's Alexander saying that, you know, yes, I've thought of the implications of this. And, uh, you know, this, this. This is as close to utopia as I think I could ever think of. But like, mm-hmm. th- there's there's a little bit of fraying on some of the, the fringes, you know? Like, somebody could have their child ripped from their arms. And it's like, this is utopia, shut up. Um, and I so, think, like... Like, I, we already do that with Child Protective Services, like Janet says, right? Right. <laughs> and the, 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 the bonus with Janice is that she is all-knowing, so she actually knows if this is good for both parties or not, as opposed to Child Protective Services, which quite frequently, it seems, fucks up, either in one direction or the other. I think more often than not, CPS lets people keep kids that shouldn't be able to. Um, mm-hmm. I think, contrary to popular opinion, they're rarely just, like, you know, snatching kids. Um, yeah. But every now and then you do hear about the opposite case, and that's always a nightmare. For sure, I do. I do think that it doesn't really matter. Like if if I thought that you know the all knowing Janet really believed her uh, her calculus or not, I'd be like, no, give me my fucking child back, right? You know, and of course yeah. Janet would take it only if I was a really terrible parent. But that that pain would still be real, you know. And being God is a big responsibility. It is. You, you got to break a few eggs to uh, make make the uh, the Utopia omelet. And I guess yeah. this would only be a problem for a little while, which is to say, That's like, true. right now for like the next 10 minutes. 
you know, and right. however long it takes those people to get over it, et cetera. But, you know, yeah. frankly, maybe they can have their kids back right away. It's just like, all right, well, we need to, you need to consent to a couple changes. Let me explain to you what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you can have your kid back. Boom. Here you go. Do you, do you, would that count as um, a decision made under duress and therefore it doesn't technically count as consent at all? I, you know, there'd have to be some, I, I guess there'd be some way to make it so that, you know, like, okay, well, first thing you have to do is like, let me, whatever, press or whatever, turn your cortisol levels to regular, you know, um, levels. So you're no longer stressed, mm-hmm. you know, like you, you have to like consent to like the biological things that like, okay, you're no longer stressed. You no longer, you no longer have any sensation of being under duress. You're now just thinking about stuff. Now you can a- answer like the rest of the consent questions. Um, yeah, but regardless of all that other stuff, you know that you won't get your kid back unless you agree to become, you know, the type of person that doesn't abuse your kids. And it's often argued that you can't meaningfully consent when you're under duress of, you know, the kind of your child is kidnapped and you won't see him again unless you consent to this. Yeah. I, I think that and I that was my first response after thinking about it for a minute. There's probably some, you know, there's there's more optimal way of doing it, but I think it might be along that that avenue. Like, all right, we're gonna put you in a biological condition where like you're actually capable of intellectually assessing how much do you like your kid versus how much you like hitting your kid. And if you, <laughs> if you like hitting your kid more than you like your kid, we're keeping it. And you will understand that because you know, you've made that decision. Um, yeah. But there, there's some way to do that. That would involve, you know, some level of, of brain fuckery and like I said, hormone adjustment and stuff. But uh, I think that. Um, I think under the current definitions of consent, there isn't. And. Oh no. Yeah. You know, this, I, this would be you know, with mind reading consent, you know, all that stuff too, you know, this is beyond earth consent. I mean, I think there's, there's limits on what consent can reasonably cover. And for the most part, I really like consent. I think it's a great norm to have, but there's, like you said, there's like the fringe cases where it just, it cannot apply because how could you meaningfully say you were not under duress, no matter how calm and collected and aware of consequences you are if one of the consequences is you don't get your, your kid back yeah totally or, i mean you know if you're in the hospital with some mysterious illness and you're vomiting lots of blood and they're like here we think we know this is what it is can you can you say that we're allowed to do this procedure on you you can't be like hold on educate me in enough medicine to make an informed decision here right <laughs> right yeah. so it's like you just have to be like yeah go for it um mm-hmm. i think in this situation you know again with the with the powers involved you could get closer to it than you could here on earth where it's like, we're going to take your kid till you go to therapy and like, you know, admit what you did wrong or whatever. Like, yeah. so it'd be way closer than it is here on earth, but you're right. There'd still be some coercion involved and, uh, you know, kind of like with, um, Randall and his, uh, um, his murder bot, you know, like, I think it's just one of those edge cases that it's going to be like, yep, this is gonna be one of the bumpy things during the transition, but then it'll be done, you know? Yeah. Almost everybody won't have to deal with this stuff. Yeah. The consent thing has been on my mind a lot because we just did that uh, episode of Basing Conspiracy on Jugat Ethics. And like uh, Janet says, people don't ask to be born into the world, which I mean, duh, obviously, they cannot give informed consent to their own creation by definition. And like it just the, the informed consent model just doesn't work at all for some things and trying to shoehorn it in. It's it's just crazy. It, 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 you, you can't, you, there's like she said, you can't consent to being born. And so they try to do this thing. Oh, well, we think if it is best for the child, as we project the child being and the uh, parents, then we'll be, we'll go. Okay. Because you know, they, they probably would have consented to all this, but like, I guess as an all powerful God, you can know whether the kid's life is going to be good or not, whether he would have consented, but it just seems like a very, you're at this point, you're just using the word consent in an incoherent way you're just seeing like would they have a good life yes okay then uh i'm letting them be born it's the saying they would have consented to this is a a fig leaf of vocabulary that doesn't mean anything in the way that we use the term consent you used the word fig leaf during the last episode uh Hmm. i don't know what that means oh uh that Often the paintings of uh, naked people, like specifically Adam and Eve, uh, what I'm thinking, uh, over their genitals, because, you know, they were naked in the garden. They didn't know that they had to wear clothes or they were sinful, evil things. Uh, they were painted with fig leaves over their genitals so that they have just this tiny bit of uh, of modesty. But it's it's an impression meant to say that 
we're pretending that uh, something that's happening isn't happening, but everyone knows that it's completely fake and it's a, a kind of a shared politeness to pretend that it's there. Gotcha. Love it. I think last time it was under the context of like the last fig leaf has been pulled away with like the veil of like, the you know, um, you're enjoying a story kind of thing, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So no, I like that. That's fun. And uh, no, I think you make a good point. Like it's, you know, I suppose like the only way I could think of would be like, all right, well, we can see the future. We can explain to this kid, you know, when they're old enough, like, so we can look forward, we can look at what their mind will be like in 20 years and explain reality to them. And they'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'll sign up for that. Right. Um, I think the only way you could really do it is if you ask them at the end of their life, was this life worth it? Would you be willing to go through everything you did for the goodness in it? And that's even harder when you live an infinite amount of time. Right. And it's hard to see like how people wouldn't feel that way in this utopia slash, you know, all the layers of heavens, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think you're right. Like you, you can't just, you can't use a word like consent when it comes to like being born. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's, it doesn't apply there. It's, it's, it's a different kind of concept. Although some people don't see that and they just advocate for like, yeah, so we shouldn't have kids because they can't, they can't agree to it. That's true. And I, uh, I can understand the, the steps they're taking in their argument, but I don't, I don't agree with it. (laughs) It's a failure mode of, of taking something way too far. I think so. Certainly if it's going to run all the way to the extinction, extinction of humans. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull in the uh, child hospital thing right here, even though this happens a little bit later on because it's uh, relevant to what we're discussing. Uh, a Janet appears uh, at a child hospital and says, hey, all you kids, you've been healed by the authority. If you want to, if you want us to make you sick again, let us know. <laughs> so first of all, no consent here at all because they're kids and they, they don't have the ability to give informed consent. But I want to know why the hell did the kids get this treatment, but not the adults? Like, all the adults we saw had to be coaxed into being healed. And even the adult with severe brain damage, Garrett, right? He was he was coaxed gently into saying the equivalent of, I consent for you to fix me, even though he couldn't use those words because he was literally too brain damaged to make that sort of a sentence. Like, they... I mean, that I have, it's almost not even consent in his case, right? Well, I think it's the best you can do. And so like, you're right. It's not, it's not informed consent. Like I think informed consent is one of their values, but it's not like a terminal value that they'll never, ever violate. Right. Okay. I think they value it highly, but um, again, in a situation where you're like, look, I can't, I want to ask you if I can make your life better, but you, you know, you're, you're brain dead. Um, let me, let me wake you up and, and talk to you. And then if you decide you'd rather be brain dead, we can put you back. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see why they couldn't do that to all the adults that were hurting though. And be like, I think you're they not did. paying now. I, th- I think I think to nitpick with this particular example, this is a children's ward of a hospital. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, so no, all, I mean, so only the kids there were sick, right? The, the adults there were the ones taking care of them. <laughs> but no, but we saw them had they had to coax Garrett into saying, okay, the farmer they waited until he was okay. The dwarf they never healed in the thing that we were talking because he never ad- 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 agreed to being healed. Whereas they could have just been like, hey, dwarf, you're not in pain now. You don't have a limp. If you want it back, I, we'll put it right back for you. Oh, I see. Uh, well, I think he actually did consent to the leg thing, but that's beside the point. The, uh, oh, okay. um, the, uh, m- maybe in this, in this, uh, children's ward, the kids were all like, whatever, comatose un- level of sick. Um, you know, so if, if he did walk into like an ICU and everyone's unconscious cause they're out on opiates because they're, you know, super, super injured or sick, then yeah, yeah. you fix them and be like, did you like having your appendix burst? Okay. I can put you back. Like, um, but you, you need to wake them up and talk to him first right Mm -hmm. i think that might be what they're doing um but it does raise the question of like when the children are allowed to be like no i like being sick it's like yeah you're three i don't know what you like you know yeah it's i mean i don't get the impression they were all comatose we only have what six seven lines in this this section so maybe uh maybe they were i can't say for sure but i i didn't get the impression they were but like, I, I get what you're saying. I like that consent is a cornerstone of their god psychology because I think that's pretty important for any god that's going to rule me to get my consent on almost anything it wants to do to me. But it feels a lot like they or it, the authority, whatever, was extremely happy that like, oh, thank God, these children are underneath age 
X, whatever the cutoff is for the authority. And so I can do what I want to without having to get their consent and I can just do the right thing, which I don't know. It, it feels like it's, it's either dehumanizing for the kids or maybe it's dehumanizing for the adults that have to be treated like little children and coaxed into saying, yes, I agree to the thing before <laughs> you're allowed to do it. It, it, it like very paternalistic kind of thing. I don't know. It, it just this revelation of, thank God I don't have to follow this rule right here was an interesting reveal, I guess, to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I think if June were the one jumping in and healing the kids, that's how he would have felt. The, there's a parenthetical about how like he imagined Janet jumping in there, you know, like with this righteous fury of, you know, finally we get to correct this travesty. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not how it was. The Avatar was kind and understanding because the kind of anger Juniper was feeling wasn't something that would benefit the children to see. Yeah. And so I think that it's not that like the, the Janets were relieved. I don't think they have like that level of sense. Right. Um, but it's easy enough to imagine that they're the person who's ultimately behind all of them. June does. Right. Um, yeah. And he, he's fine with like, no, we're going to just fix the kids and the adults can say yes or no. Right. Um, yeah. But even that feels like it's kind of fake to me because I don't remember where this came from. I think I pulled it out of place again because I was just hammering on this consent thing as as I was writing this particular part. But uh, one of the Janet says, our first priority was to stop ongoing suffering. We filled every stomach, quenched every thirst, cured every disease, healed every wound and restored the infirm. And then I have this part bolded where possible. We asked before we did these things, but in some cases, consent was so self-evident that it was done. The instant we took control. And like the fact that they said where possible, we asked before we did these things means that they already knew they were going to do these things. And then they made the pretense of asking or of manipulating the humans into saying yes first, but they already knew it was going to happen regardless. And so the consent thing feels, again, forced. Like maybe it's not, it just doesn't feel like it's quite real. I think you're right. I think maybe it's not in a lot of these cases. You know, like it does seem like the farmer, we didn't see him. I don't, I don't get any coercion vibes from what he got, right? You know, mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe the only thing would be he doesn't quite understand what he's consenting to, but I think even that was taken in enough gradual steps. Um, mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know, like if I if I was going to transform your life, you know, hey, I've got a billion dollars, I'm going to put a million dollars in your account. I want to ask before I change your life, just because you know that's polite. Hey, do you want a million dollars? Like the answer mm-hmm. is yes, right? Yeah, yeah. But so, like, I, I still think you're doing the right thing by asking. Yeah. Um, even though you know they're going to say yes and we're not even super intelligent. Like, <laughs> so I think it, it might just be a kind of um, a play, you know? Yeah. And, and it's one that it's, it, it's built into our wiring that we don't like people doing things that we don't agree to. Even if like, I know I would have agreed if you'd asked, you know? Yeah. Um, so it seems like as long as the Janets are going around doing the right thing and, you know, technically getting consent for it uh in any cases where they can they might as well just do the thing where they take away people's need for consent (laughs) and make it so people don't get all offended and feel violated when the janets do a thing that's for their own good like healing them of this gut rotting disease or whatever uh that's one approach I think that brings us closer. <laughs> no, no, but I, I mean, it's not, it's not the worst. Cause you know, this, this need for consent or whatever um, to like make our lives better might actually be a source of discomfort for some people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, especially if you're a kid, whatever, trying to work out, like you're trying to figure out the balance for that. Or if you're a parent making these uh, decisions for your child, you know, you might just be able to say to the, to Janet, like, can you just do what you know I want? Even if I can't figure out what that is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, their values are happiness, freedom, and informed consent. Um, I think that uh, it would it would change people a lot. Like if they if one of the first things they did was like, all right, no one cares about like us changing them against their will because they don't have a will to not want it anymore, right? We know they had to read yeah. anyway, so we're going to just do it. I think if you made yeah. everyone okay with that, that'd be too big of a shift in people, right? Then then that's definitely not the same person they were before. Yeah, I think so. So I guess you're walking kind of a tightrope on changing people in the the small ways to make them healthier and happier, but still keeping them recognizably the same person. And part of that means tricking them into consenting th- to things. I that's 
or maybe not tricking is the right word, um, convincing them? Or just, you know, doing the the tap dance of like, are you okay if I give you $10 million? Yes. Like, yeah. you know, some people will say no. And so it's yeah. important that you ask, even if you know which ones will say yes and no, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, some people don't want their legs healed. Um, that one person was like, yes, I'd be super intelligent right away. Um, whereas like, even I would be like, no, I'm going to take that part slow, you know? Yeah. I want to enjoy the the ride up. Um, in fact, I'd like to enjoy it over many, many hundreds of millions of years if I can. Um, yeah. Don't just slide me. Just Don't just sprint me to the top. Um, there's people who literally do not want their uh, deafness he- healed. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's a culture about that, though, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's but, many reasons to want yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, I, I like the way that June puts it. I know that you've got this later in your notes, but, you know the the utopia utopia incompleteness theorem yes and it's like look it's not perfect it but it's as mm-hmm. good as i think anyone can get <laughs> mm-hmm. i think that's so i i do like exploring the um uh the fringes and i'm really glad that like most of this is dedicated to that but it's like uh it's 99 times better than what existed before it exactly yeah but but it but it just makes for great um thought fodder going over uh all of like i said the edge cases and stuff um it's and it's also the kind of thing too i think that Alexander had a lot of fun with because a he probably anticipated people saying but what about this um Mm -hmm. which if you're if if i'm modeling him correctly he probably enjoys getting ahead of those kinds of things um yeah and it's also just fun uh mental exercise for yourself yeah yeah so I, i i can dig it you know one of the crazy things about this when we're talking about fun mental exercises for ourselves hmm as I was reading this chapter, I was more and more identifying with the stubborn dwarf. I was like, I, I guess, I mean, it started out, the world didn't end the same way for everyone. And you're like thinking, okay, this is cool because the world is awful and it's going to be ended and changed into something better. But like the more I read it, the more I was like, oh my God, the world, I, I mean, I, I guess the world literally is coming to an end, which I guess I should have known <laughs> from the title of the chapter and all. But uh, the the people of Arab are being scattered across 9,000 heavens. Uh, there's going to be significantly less that that you can do to change the world around you and be useful to people. And and you're going to be, I don't know, maybe it's, okay, maybe it's not really all that alone. Because if you scatter 1 billion people across 9,000 heavens, that's still more than enough to have quite a few Dunbar spheres worth of people in every heaven. But it feels like it feels like Arab at the very least would be a very empty place afterwards and populated mostly, like I said, by the 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 animatronic Disney robot thespian things. And and I was just like kind of getting upset. I was like, this is you know what? You, you you just wiped out everything and put in this whole new world, and I'm not sure I like it at all. And I I want to I want to protest, you know, I want to form some group of rebels to overthrow god or something and then i was like god damn it he literally said there is a middle heaven where people will congregate and will do exactly that sort of thing and i think i would have a damn good time going to that middle heaven and joining these people and complaining about god over coffee and cigarettes and you know fomenting the new revolution and i was like oh no no alexander Wilde managed to even make a heaven i would enjoy damn you <laughs> hey you know if i guess if we need to put someone in charge of making real utopia we've got a good candidate no I mean, it, it's kind of funny because even the dwarf is like, oh, sure, we can petition you guys. And, and, you know, Janet's like, no, we'll take them seriously. You know, we're not reading your thoughts. So it's entirely possible to think of something we haven't thought of. So I, I just like that it seems sincere anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I was curious. I guess I'm not sure if there's, uh, there are like higher and lower heavens, but I got the impression that like Amberlis and June had their own. Um, maybe you can have pockets of heaven that are just yours or something. But so the lowest heavens are like, Basically like air with safety rails, right? Yeah, I think um, so. You know, yes, you have to work. You have to buy food. You know, your house needs maintenance, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But so then what do you think, like, as you work your way up, is like level 9,000 just like orgasmium? I have no idea. Hmm. I think I had an idea like way early on that like the higher up you went, like, you know, it, your, your climb, it, I don't know, you would, I basically pictured I, something like Uther's rise to power, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you have, a, you have a rough go of it at the beginning, but you get crazy strong and you be, become basically a, a demigod, you know? 
I would imagine at like the top heavens, there's no even rules of physics anymore. You can be anywhere or everywhere at any time and split off millions of copies of yourself and reintegrate and talk to everybody and uh, no one can be hurt. But it's just, you know, it, at that point, you you would be beyond a human consciousness anymore. You would be some post-human entity. And if you chose to do that, you know, that's great. But you, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be recognizable to your past self anymore and is would be my guess i think uh you're right we'd finally achieve your dream of there being zero distance between people yeah <laughs> and zero time that you mind have to melding all the time mm-hmm. yeah well i can dig it this was fun yeah. i had a lot of fun with yeah. this chapter yeah uh, i just had at the end a general question what are your opinions on the afterlife like good afterlives which one would you choose do you think this is an overall good decision by the authority of the things that he did Overall, totally. You know, like, again, we saw some of the edges, but, you know, I can't argue that it's worth, like, all the suffering that we have now to, to not have those edges. Mm-hmm. Like, even as she says, you know, take Beale's kid. It's like, the government does that now imperfectly. Like, we're mm-hmm. not doing anything, you know, new. The doctors are healing these kids without their informed consent. We're just doing it better. Like, yeah, it's uh, so all of the, um, I think all of the gripes, the the people might have with with this it's like yeah these are all gripes with with reality now and so if we're not solving those problems well we're solving everything else like mm-hmm. <laughs> so i think i'm super on board i i like too that the the heavens aren't um you know it, it's not like pick one and enjoy your eternity you get to mm. you, it's a constant decision changing process you know you can ascend through the heavens if you want yeah and so i like that you know i could i could try things out at different levels and you know, that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the way to go. Uh, which do you, do you have an idea of which heaven you would probably land on? Uh, I mean, if 9,000 is like, you know, or just in general, what would you want for like a heaven that you were making for yourself? I think I'd, I mean, it would, it would need to have people that I know and love there. Mm-hmm. Right. Like them actually not, not thespians. Mm-hmm. And so it, it would be heavily influenced by where they wanted to go. Um, but you know, I wouldn't want to like whatever throw out everything I cared about if they all wanted to go to the shittiest heaven where like you have to go to work and something, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of like needing to do stuff. So I'm thinking like I'd start near the bottom. You know, let's let's put on some some safety rails. Uh, maybe make it so like I'm never in physical pain. You know, mm-hmm. like unless whatever I like the burn of a workout or something. Right. Um, but like I still need to work out. You know, mm. if I want. I guess, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, it, it would be like whatever earth 2.0, but I wouldn't jump straight to earth 9,000. I think that that would, uh, I, I would miss a lot of the stuff in the middle. You know, I think I would not choose a heaven where I need to work out. If I could look how I look without working out and feel like I feel after, not like after a workout, cause I always feel kind of exhausted, but later in the day, like feeling energized and, uh, and good. Without needing to work out, that's totally what I would take. I think, yeah, I think that puts it better than I was than I put it. That's more what I was aiming for. Let me let me say a place where you don't have to, but you can. Yeah. And so, like, you, you might get gains, you might not. You, could, you you look however you want. But the point is, like, if you feel like you want to, you know, run off some steam for you know ten miles because you're super fit now and can run ten miles, or you want to whatever feel the awesome burn of of uh, doing a bunch of curls or something, like you can still enjoy those. Yeah. It's not like oh yeah, no, your muscles never get achy. You know, no, mm-hmm. they're, they're only achy, but I want them to ache. Yeah. And I feel like even having to earn it, like it, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be what I want if I could just press a button to get those, you know? Yeah. But that's, that's what I'd pick anyway. Cool. To start with, maybe I change my mind yeah. after a few hours. Like, oh yeah, no, this is boring. I want to be able to throw fireballs and teleport and shit, you know? Right. Maybe, maybe I'll try out some tile simulator for a while. Right. Okay. Well, that was, that was a fun eternity. Let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's go be birds. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was that was really awesome, and I'm I'm liking this afterlife. Good afterlife. So far, so good. Yeah. So for next week, we have the next four chapters because at this point, I think there's going to be less to say on any individual chapter. Hey, it works for me. Uh, and those four chapters are 248, Princess with an exclamation point. <laughs> 249. There's no knowing where we're going. 250, The Ongoing Adventures of Valencia the Red. Aww. And two, and 251, It All Depends on What You Mean by Home. Ooh, that sounds like Bethel's epilogue. Yeah. 
I like that, you know, because Valencia was off the screen for so long. And I did like both of her interlude chapters. I'm looking forward to this next one, too. Mm-hmm. Please be cool. All right. Well, this was great. It was. And I, I know it's not. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I was just about to say that um, this is actually coming out on the very last month that we are doing this because we only got two episodes left. So uh, if you want to throw us $2, here's your chance. Get onto um, Patreon in the show notes and you can do that. And also uh, you can give Alexander Wales money directly through his Patreon or by buying his things. Where are we going to put our bonus episodes if we do some on this feed? Like locking them behind a paywall when no one's paying for anything. I don't know how that works. They could probably pay yeah. per thing, not per month, right? Yes, I right. think so. There'll, there'll be we'll some, have to talk about this later. There'll be some random content coming out eventually, and I'm not sure how it'll be accessible, but that's a problem to solve another day. Um, anyway, big shout out. Speaking of, uh, you know whose Patreon isn't going away, though? Alexander Wales. Um, oh, yeah. If you got to pick, pick his. And uh, do buy his books. Ping me to buy his books if you don't want to buy, buy his books. Yeah, thanks for making this utopia for us to play around in. This was a lot of fun. All right, bye. See ya.